The preceding message is brought to you by Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. Stay tuned after this message for more information about Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. Lord Jesus, we celebrate you once again today on this Easter Sunday remembrance and Easter Sunday celebration. We declare again, your name is Jesus, the name that is higher than every other name. The name at the mention of which every knee bows in heaven, on earth, and in hell. And Lord, we declare that we believe in you. We believe in who you are. We believe in what you have done for us. And we thank you, Lord, because we see your glory. We wear your glory. We experience your glory. We manifest your glory in our lives and on this earth. So we ask again that you take all the praise, take all the glory. And we ask that you speak to us again this morning. Enlighten the eyes of our understanding. Let us hear your voice. Let us hear a word in season. Let our hearts be strengthened by you one more time. And bring us into the fullness of what you have ordained for us. We give you the praise. We give you the glory. And the people of God shouted a loud amen. Help me turn to four or five people. Tell them happy Easter. Happy Easter. And you can be seated in God's presence. Glory be to God. Can we celebrate God for all the ministry that we have received in the house this morning from the choir to the instrumentalists to the children? Come on, put your hands together. And let's appreciate the gift of God in them. Praise God forevermore. Psalm 68. I see our time is quite well spent, so I'm going to try to move as quickly as I can. I want to announce to you again, whoever you are, whatever you have going, you've been through, whatever you might be going through, good or bad. Although these kind of messages, they seem to resonate more with people that may be going through difficult times. But even if you're having the best time of your life, what we are saying and what we're emphasizing, it's very, very important, and I'm trusting God that you will take it to heart. It's not a difficult message. It's not a new message. It's a very simple message. And like Apostle Paul was telling the Corinthians, said he was praying for them that he hopes that their minds and their hearts will not be corrupted by the devil because of the simplicity of the message that is in Christ. And the message again is this, very simply put, because of Jesus, you have hope, not only in this world, but in the world to come. 
you have hope. Somebody shout, I have hope. I have hope. He is our risen hope. If the story had ended that Jesus died, he suffered all he suffered, and then he was hanged on the tree and he died, and he did not rise up again, then we can entertain the argument that there may be no hope in your future. There may be no hope for your marriage. There may be no hope concerning your health. There may be no hope concerning your finances, concerning whatever it may be. There may be no hope for you after you leave this world, if that was the story. But on this resurrection Sunday morning, I want to boldly announce to anyone and everyone that can hear, particularly that person that may be in a very difficult situation. And we are not ignorant of the fact that many people on the face of the earth today, including our country, are going through very difficult times. The Bible prophesied it. Darkness will come upon the earth. Gross darkness, the people. But because of Jesus, hallelujah, we have hope. Can somebody declare out loud this morning, because of Jesus, I have hope. Hallelujah. I read a news article a couple of weeks ago. They were talking about the happiest nations on the face of the earth. And it was the usual customers, the usual suspects, those Scandinavian countries. Sometimes you ask yourself, God, why didn't you burn me? <laughs> Is there anybody like that? Am I the only one that thinks that way? Okay, I have just said two or three people. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay. Some people have hope in their government. Or, and they have reason to have hope in their government. In fact, one of those countries was celebrating three years of free transportation. <laughs> Somebody say free. <laughs> you know, anytime I read stories like that, whether I see somebody that is wealthy, naturally speaking, or I look at a nation that their government is working, or I see somebody that it's as if what they are experiencing is what I can see in God's promise, I actually use it to encourage myself. That if people can even be experiencing a shade of what the scripture says in the natural, it even inspires my hope again. Hallelujah. There may be reasons why, naturally speaking, why people are excited about tomorrow. Their government has been giving them free transportation. Several years ago, I read about one country. They said it is a fundamental human right to give their citizens internet access. <laughs> they are done free health care. They are done that. It's now history. Free education is now history. Then somebody woke up one day. You see, I don't mind if you... That was, it wasn't that they were giving free internet that shocked me. It's that they called it a fundamental human right. I want you to know I'm using all these mundane things because I don't know who you are. I don't know what you're going through. 
But I came to tell you today, God sees you. God knows you. I'm using government as an example. Some people, is no parents. There was nobody there that could help them to get basic education and start out in life. Some people, it seems they're alone. No brother, no sister. When they run into trouble, there's no one they can call. We, we can run through a list of things that make life difficult and challenging for people on the face of the earth. But the good news is this. Turn to your neighbor and say, the good news is this. In Christ, you have hope. Colossians 1.27. Please put it up for us on the board. It says, Christ in you. Hallelujah. Somebody shout, Christ in me. The hope of glory. It's not even an ordinary hope we have. It's the hope to experience, to carry, to manifest, to radiate the glory of God. All that God is, all that God has, all that God can do. Ephesians chapter 3 talks about us being filled with all the fullness of God. John chapter 1 says, because of Christ, of him, we have received grace upon grace, gift upon gift, blessing upon blessing. God did not hold anything back from us. And God is not holding anything back from you today. You have every reason because of Christ to have hope in this world and in the world to come. I want to attack anything that may be discouraging you. I want to attack everything that may be weighing you down. Personal, national, global, international. It doesn't matter the negative report you got this week, last week, last month, last year. It doesn't matter what you may be going through. You may be walking through the valley of the shadow of death. Hear me and hear me well. In Christ you have hope. Hallelujah. And because he is risen, your hope can be forever alive. We said on Wednesday, the Bible said when he rose, God raised him up. That's your hope. See, Christ is our hope. The devil killed your hope on Friday. Thought he killed your hope on Friday. But God resurrected your hope on Sunday morning. And not only did God resurrect our hope, watch this carefully, he raised up the hope and made the hope to sit in the heavenly places. Far above all principality and power and might and dominion. And he made us to rise up and sit with him in those heavenly places. We said that means that your hope can be as high as you want it to be. You shouldn't just have hope, you should have high hopes. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Somebody shout high hopes. And the Bible tells us in Romans chapter 5, that kind of hope will never disappoint you. Can I say this to anybody that has experienced disappointment or felt disappointment or you feel you have been disappointed? Perhaps it's because your hope was not in Christ. Maybe you put your hope in a government that promised to give you free internet. Or free transportation. 
Or they told you that they will bring the dollar down to 150. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe your hope was in a person. Ah, I know my father. He loves me. I know my mother. I know my brother. I know my uncle. Maybe your hope was in an education qualification you had or a skill you had. This hope we are talking about, it will never disappoint you. Hallelujah. It will never put you to shame. Cut her to shame, God will show up for you. Cut her to disappointment, the glory of God will shine forth in your life. Mary and Martha were crying and weeping. No more hope. Their brother had been dead for four days. But the resurrected hope came. Glory be to God. And he raised their brother back to life. And he said, all I need you to do is to believe. Glory, glory be to God. Somebody shout again this morning, I believe. Hallelujah. I believe in Jesus. I believe in his finished work. I believe in what he said he has done for me. And even if I'm walking through the valley of the shadow of death, I still believe. Let me hear somebody shout, I still believe. Praise God forevermore. Psalm 68. Let me get down to what God sent me to do here this morning. Psalm 68. Hallelujah. Verse 18. You ascended on high. This is, we touched on this on Wednesday. It's a messianic psalm of David. It's a prophecy. God gave David revelation, insight about what Jesus was going to do for humanity. David saw it in his days. There were people like that, prophets in the Old Testament. Isaiah was one of them. You want to fully understand what Jesus did on Calvary's cross? You can read about David, the things David said about Christ. You can read about Isaiah. You can read about Paul. But this was very powerful, and this is our focus here this morning. He ascended on high. You led captivity captive. You received gifts among men. Take note of that phrase. It's very interesting rendition. It sounds like God is receiving gifts from men. And on a level that is true. On a level that is true. But on a deeper level, that's not really what is happening. You receive gifts among men, even from the rebellious. What God is doing here, and what Jesus did on the cross, it is not for the good people. There were no good people. Hallelujah. God doesn't wait for you to clean up your life, clean up your act, and then you can now come back to him after you have stopped sinning. Hello? Without his grace and without his help and without his blood, you will never be able to stop sinning. The way you do it is you carry your rebellious self to him and you receive the gift that he has offered for you. Praise God. Am I talking to somebody this morning? 
tap your neighbor and say, you're, you're included. It doesn't matter what you have done. It doesn't matter what you have failed to do. Even the rebellious, that God might dwell there. And he now says in verse 19, Blessed be the Lord who daily loads us with benefits, the God of our salvation. The God of our redemption. The God of our freedom. Hallelujah. And we touched on this on Wednesday that it's important to note what was done on Easter is for daily consumption. Can I hear a loud amen? It's a daily benefit. You need to find out what is available and you need to believe for it, for you to enjoy it on a day-to-day basis. Hallelujah. Ephesians chapter 4. Let's get into where we are going today. Ephesians chapter 4. I love the way one man of God said this the other way. He said the Bible is the best interpreter of the Bible. Let me say that to you again. The best way to interpret scripture is to use the scripture. So in Ephesians chapter 4, Apostle Paul was quoting what David said in Psalm 68. Was teaching from there. And it's interesting how he now twisted it and said it. Because it gives us a deeper meaning. David said, you ascended on high, you led captive captives, you received gifts from men. Listen to what Apostle Paul said. Quoting the same scripture. Verse 7. Ephesians 4 verse 7. In fact, first of all, listen to this verse 7. Listen to this. This is for everybody. For to each one of us, grace was given. Hallelujah. How many of us got grace? Talk to me. How many of us got grace? How many of us was grace given? Help me look at anybody's man and ask him, why are you doing as if you have not received something? Why are you praising as if you have not received something? Why are you acting as if you have not received something? Ask your neighbor, why now? Now, I know that's not for everybody, but some people are like that. And it's perhaps they don't know, (laughs) praise God, that they have received something. And they need to be reminded. Or for some people, for the very first time, told that you have received something from God. And I'm telling you, it's something you can enjoy on a daily basis. Blessed be the God of our salvation who daily loads us with what? Benefits. I like to say it's like the sun that rises every morning. Even the day you get up and the clouds are covering the sun. Maybe it's a very rainy day. Is somebody's geography and knowledge sufficient to know that the sun is still out there? Because technically the sun doesn't rise. (laughs) They say the sun rises in the east and sets in the west. That's not true. The gift of God and the calling of God is without repentance. It's forever there. There's no day that there's no benefit from God upon your life. That's what Jesus finished for you on the cross. No day. But we'll, we'll come to that a bit, please. Let, let, let's, <laughs> let's go on. 
Say it's okay if I keep here till like one o'clock. It's Easter Sunday. I've not started preaching my message yet. I've not even given you the topic. Tap your neighbor. Say, don't worry. The rice is not going anywhere. <laughs> Me too. I want to go home. There was one rice my wife cooked yesterday. I had to take some of it by force. It helped me to sleep very well and to hope for Easter Sunday. I, I have hope for today. I really have hope. There's nothing wrong with having natural hope, quite honestly. But there's everything wrong in depending on natural hope. There's nothing wrong with it. So both the person that has cooked a tantalizing rice, jollof rice or fried rice or everything you've cooked today and you are hoping to eat that meal. Some of you are smiling. You know you're the one I'm talking about. And the person that may be looking at me today that you don't even know what you are going to eat after this service. I'm telling you, both of you, you have hope in Christ. And my prayer is I hope that person that may not have something to eat can hope in Christ. And if you can learn to hope in Christ, when there's nothing to hope for in the natural, pretty soon you will start having things to hope for in the natural. Is somebody getting me? Because to each one of us, grace was given. He didn't say only people that have things in the natural. Every one of us. And look at this. He said the grace was given according to the measure of the gift of Christ. He gave us, listen to this carefully. Gave us grace like Christ gives grace. Question, how does Christ give grace? I quoted it a few minutes ago. John 1.16. Grace upon grace. Gift upon gift. Spiritual blessing after spiritual blessing. Favor upon favor. He gave everything. Hallelujah. Now, because it's so much, you can only receive it measure after measure. As you have received one, another one is coming. As you have received one, another one is coming. That's why it's called great after great. He didn't hold anything back. You are heirs of God and joint heirs. It's not like God gave you his favor and he didn't give you his power. No. It's not like when he gave you his power, take only one quarter. No, he gave you the same power that raised Christ from the dead. Hallelujah. And made him to rise and sit in the heavenly places at the right hand of God. Let me hear somebody shout, that's what I have. I can't hear you. Say, that's what I have. Come on, shout it. That's what I have. So Paul now quoted David in verse 8. Therefore he says, when he ascended on high, he's quoting Psalm 68 verse 18 that we just read. He led captivity captive and look at the interpretation or a clearer revelation, a clearer rendition of what David said. He did what? Huh? Gave gifts to men. Both are true. The, the, the insight that David brought that when he rose from the dead, he received gifts among men. And when he rose from the dead, he gave gifts to men. 
In fact, look at the prayer of Ephesians 1. I was going to quote it, but somehow it's not flowing in my memory. So maybe I should just read it. Ephesians 1 again from verse 16. He said, I do not cease to give thanks, making mention of you in my prayers that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know the hope of his calling and what are the riches of his inheritance in the saints. It means, number one, God has given us an inheritance as saints, and God also has an inheritance in us as his saints. It's a giving and receiving relationship. Can I hear a loud amen? amen. Praise God. But watch what he now said here. All of us have received gifts from God. He has, by the reason of his resurrection and his ascension, he has given us gifts and he receives gifts from us. And that's what I want to talk to us about briefly. I'm going line upon line this morning. I know how God gave me this message. It took me a while to download it. So today I want to talk to you about the gifts of Easter. Because that's what he's talking about here. When he ascended on high, that's when he rose from the dead. He led captivity captive and he gave gifts to men. First and foremost, please hear me, generally speaking, like he said in verse 7, to each one of us grace has been given. James chapter 1 talks about the good and perfect gifts that the Father of light bestows upon us. And hear me and hear me well, you will forever be enjoying the benefits of these gifts for the rest of your days in the name of Jesus. The Bible talks about the exceeding riches of the glory of Christ. Somebody shout out loud this morning, that's my portion in Christ. That's my portion. But because of time, God told me to emphasize three particular gifts that you have. That he wants you to start enjoying. And perhaps you are not enjoying it. Perhaps you don't know. Or perhaps you know, but you are not enjoying or maximizing it. Can you help enable this morning and say, pay particular attention? The first one we read here in chapter 4. In fact, the Bible took time, and really all through scriptures, particularly in the New Testament, we see the Bible just opening our eyes to benefits, gifts, and graces from God. And it really takes the Holy Spirit to open our eyes to them because these are not physical, tangible things. They are spiritual things that if we can see by the spirit of wisdom and revelation and mix faith with it, they will allow us to translate them from the realm of the um, intangible or invisible into the physical realm. Can I hear a loud amen? That's why your faith is important. But because you can't see them physically does not mean they are not there. And my prayer this morning is God will give us understanding. Say, Father, I receive understanding to receive my gifts and to enjoy them. 
Remember what the scripture says, hope deferred makes the heart sick. If all we tell you, please look at me and listen to me very carefully, everyone, and all we announce to you that you have hope in God, you have hope in God, and you don't come to a place of knowledge and understanding where you can start exercising faith in enjoying that hope, it's a dangerous place to be. And that will not be your story in Jesus' name. So he, here is the first gift. In fact, Apostle Paul taught about it in Ephesians chapter 4. It is, please watch me very carefully. Listen to me very carefully. The angle God is coming at us this morning is not, perhaps not what you will expect. It is the gift of his service. The gift of his service. This is very, very contrary to natural human thinking. The average human being does not see serving other people as a benefit to them or as a gift from God. They see other people serving them as a benefit. And obviously other people serving you is a benefit and a gift. But it is not the divine kind. The divine gift that God has given you, that Jesus died on the cross for, and he ascended from the grave for, and he led captivity captive, defeated the devil, broke his chains, broke his power over your life, is the gift of you serving other people. You serving God with your life. The day your eyes open to that truth, that God has graced you and God has given you a benefit, that with something you have, however small, however great, whether it's something spiritual, something natural, something academical, something entertainment-wise, whatever it is, you can use it to benefit somebody else. First of all, use it to benefit God and other people, you will come into a world of enjoying the fullness of the realities of your redemption in Christ. Let's read together. Verse 9, now this he ascended, what does it mean? But that he also first of all descended into the lower parts of the earth. He died on Good Friday. He who descended also is the one who ascended. He rose up on Easter Sunday, far above all the heavens, that he might fulfill all things. And in doing so, in dying on Friday, resurrecting on Sunday, he himself gave. This is his gift. Gave some to be apostles, prophets evangelists, pastors, and teachers. That is the extent of the gift he has deposited in some people. But he didn't stop there. This, we call these ones the ministry gifts. The gift of service. The apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher is given as a gift for the equipping of the saints. That's every other person. 
And that is their own gift. Just like the apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher is a gift, the saints are also gifts. The fivefold helps to train, to teach, to reveal to the others their gift. Like I'm doing this morning. Hallelujah. Verse 12, for the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Till we all, somebody shout all of us. That's not a shout, say all of us. See, some of you, and I hope this Easter, you know Easter is resurrection, it's revival, it's a season for you to change your ways. You are like the disciples. Before Jesus opened their eyes. Who is going to sit with you on your right hand on the left hand when we, get, when we get to heaven? Who will be your right hand man? Who will be the, I know Jesus, you are the guy in charge. Who is going to be second? And who is going to be third? Because we want to be Oga. And he told them, no, you are not thinking right. This kingdom is not kingdom like kingdom of Saudi Arabia or Qatar or United Kingdom or Nigerian kingdom. Where is the Oga, the top that is enjoying? That's not how it works. This is a kingdom of servants. The greatest will be the one that serves us the most. That is the gift in this kingdom. Oh, hallelujah. Many of you are looking very quiet. Are you getting something? Verse 13. I still want to read. Till we all come to the unity of the faith and to the knowledge of the Son of God, till we come to a perfect or a mature man. See, this is how we're going to get there. To the measure <laughs> of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Hallelujah. Somebody say to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. You, you enjoy, the, that's the glory of God. That's the glory of God. You get there by receiving your gift. On this Easter Sunday morning, God told me to announce to somebody this morning, find your gift. Find your place of calling. Find your place of stewardship. Find your place of service. It is a gift that will benefit your life in ways you can never imagine. And if you have found something, continue to grow in it till you come to the measure of the stature of what? So every day you wake up, God has loaded you with a gift to serve him and serve humanity. But somebody doesn't know. He's looking for a new house. Because in his own mind, the only gift he can ration is a house. Or money. Or car. Or wife. And there's nothing wrong with those things. And without a doubt, house is a gift. Car is a gift. Money is a gift. Am I right or am I right? Talk to me, somebody. But do you understand that the service of God is also a gift? The day you understand that, your life will never remain the same again. Can somebody shout aloud, hallelujah? 
Let's move because of time. Look at the second category of gifts. The Bible took time to explain to us. And again, it came because of the death and the resurrection of Jesus. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Hallelujah. Can somebody pray in the Holy Ghost with me right now? To each one of us, grace has been given according to the measure of Christ's gifts. Come on, pray in the Holy Ghost where you are. Let me feel you this morning. Or more importantly, let God feel you this morning. Open your mouth and pray. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Lift your voice for a moment. The gifts of Easter. I'm not feeling somebody yet. Someone is not praying yet. Someone is not lifting their voice yet. Someone is not engaging yet. Let's pray like the Bible said the apostles prayed. That they came together and prayed. And the place where they were was shaken. Can you lift your voice and pray with a loud voice this morning? In the upper room in Acts chapter 2. When the Holy Ghost came like a mighty rushing wind. And he filled the room where they were sitting. And he sat upon them like cloving tongues. The Bible said everybody that gathered for the feast, they had them. Because, they, in fact, they thought they were drunken. Lift your voice and pray in the Holy Ghost. Just for a few more seconds. Come on, pray, pray, church. Let me hear you. Step it up, step it up, step it up. Lift it up, lift it up, lift it up. Pray. In the name of Jesus. By the way, just a note. Please mark down May the 6th. Am I correct? The first Saturday in May. We're going to be having another six-hour marathon time of prayer. Please note that down. We'll give you more details in the announcements. Look at the second gift of Easter. It's the gift of his spirit. And those of you that did not pray, when I ask you to pray right now, I tell you, you have not yet recognized the Holy Ghost as a gift from God. Those of you that prayed as if you are doing me a favor, you don't understand the Holy Ghost is a gift from God. See, there are two categories. There are those that don't know, they have not even received him as a gift. There are those that have received him, they have the Holy Ghost, so don't move too much, nobody will know I'm talking about you. They can pray in the Holy Ghost, but they don't see it as a gift from God. A gift of Easter that will bring benefits to your life on a daily basis. Sir, Jesus is not going to be dying on the cross for you every day. But the death he did once and for all on the cross... And as giving you a gift of service, you can get up every day and wash somebody's feet. And be maximizing the benefit of Jesus dying on the cross. 
You can get up every day and engage the Holy Ghost. That one you can do every day. Nobody's going to die on the cross for you every day. But that once and for all gift has now made a way. Death could not hold you. The veil tore before you. Before he died, the spirit of God was hidden in that temple behind the curtain of the veil. The people could not access him fully. All they had was once a year. Sacrifice the blood of bulls and goats. Bring it to church or the temple. Pour it on that mercy seat that the presence of God, the spirit of God sat on it. Once a year. And there were some bad years. Because when the priest came, God was not pleased with his sacrifice. And the wrath of God struck the priest. And he died. Right there behind the veil. And they knew that could happen. So before the priest went, they tied a rope on his leg. Ah, God has helped also. And just in case, the man of God dies. After we wait one hour, two hours, three hours, we tug on the rope. No response. Uh, watch their story. They now pull him out. And after that service, everybody goes home crying. Sickness will deal with us this year. There will be poverty everywhere this year. No hope. Because when the priest under the Old Testament carried the blood of the bull that they all sacrificed into the presence of God behind the veil, he fell down and died. <laughs> On the other hand, there were some years. The priest takes that blood in, he comes out and he shouts, Ah, God has accepted the sacrifice. Everybody now goes home rejoicing. This year, in fact, somebody that didn't plan to buy land before, he goes to go and start pricing land from that service. Because God is going to bless me so much, I'm going to buy my first land this year. I'm going to build my first house. Why? The sacrifice went beyond the veil, and the priest came back alive. That means God accepted the sacrifice. We now have hope. All that was before Jesus died on the cross. Praise God. Now that Jesus has died and risen again, that presence of God that was on the mercy seat behind the veil, for the Bible said that Jesus was dying on the cross, the curtain, the veil tore between two. The presence of God ran out. Dead saints that had died, that were buried in Jesus, their bodies rose again. And on the day of Pentecost, Jesus told them, Tarry, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And from that day, the Holy Ghost came upon the church. Hallelujah. And now everybody can receive him. Let somebody shout, I receive him. Read with me, read with me. We are going to read. Don't worry, I'm almost done. Now concerning spiritual gifts or spiritual things, spirituals. Brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. Unfortunately, some brethren are ignorant of what happened on Easter Sunday. We were watching TV yesterday, and they were saying they were looking for Easter bunnies. Sir, you're supposed to be looking for the Holy Ghost. And Pastor Fina was asking me, where did this Easter bunny thing come from? I said, I don't know. Go and Google it. It's not in the Bible, sir. You are looking for the wrong things. 
Now the spirit has been poured out. Just like you can explore depths of serving God so that you can come to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, you can explore depths of knowing the Holy Spirit, allowing him to enlighten the eyes of your understanding. Like we are praying on Wednesday that we can know the power of his resurrection. Only the Holy Ghost can help you do that. Not an Easter egg or an Easter bunny. Oh, bless God, the Easter rice, you want to go home and eat now. I don't want you to be ignorant. You were Gentiles before Christ died. Carried away by dumb idols. However you are led. Therefore I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit. That's how you know you have received the Holy Ghost. You can speak by the Spirit. Speaking, what a gift. Speaking by the Spirit. You could not do that before the cross. Nobody could carry, oh God. How? It took the blood of Jesus to sanctify our spirits. And now we are spiritual abodes of the Holy Ghost. And the gift has now been given unto us. Sir, may today be the last day they beg you to pray in the Holy Ghost. May today be the last day when they say pray in the Holy Ghost. You are wincing. And you are shifting somehow. Can somebody pray in the Holy Ghost this morning? Somebody pray in the Holy Ghost. Somebody that is interested in the gifts of God, pray in the Holy Ghost. Somebody that believes. Did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory? Pray in the Holy Ghost. Just forget about everybody else. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Speaking. Speaking by the Spirit. Speaking by the Spirit. Speaking by the Spirit. Speaking by the Spirit. Speaking. Speak. In the name of Jesus. I will say it again for the opting time. You should not be in a church like this. And not pray in the spirit. This is why we have our KTI discipleship. I'm going to make an altar call at the end of the service today. You want to get born again or you want to rededicate your life or you want to get filled with the Holy Ghost. Come. Let me go on here because Paul even went deeper. In fact, what he was teaching here wasn't just that the Holy Ghost is a gift, which we know he is. He now said the Holy Ghost that has been given to us comes with his gifts comes with his gifts. And I love what he said here. Look at verse 4. Please read with me. There are diversities of gifts, but the same spirit. We all got same Holy Ghost. But the way he walks in each of us is different. So the Holy Ghost is a gift and the Holy Ghost comes with his gifts. 
and there are diversities of them. But it's the same spirit. There are differences of ministries. So watch this. These gifts, they lay upon each other. The first one we talked about was the gift of his, his, his service or ministry. And this is why the gift of the Holy Ghost is important because without the gift of the Holy Ghost, we can't do the gift of ministry effectively. That's why Jesus told the apostles, tarry until you are endued from on high. Isaiah saw a prophecy in the Old Testament. He said that until the Spirit is poured out from on high, the real, everything will remain a wilderness. But when the spirit is poured on high, the wilderness will become a fruitful field. It's a gift. The fruitful field will become a forest. It's a gift. It is, hear me, hear me very well, abnormal for a believer to, because every believer carries the Holy Ghost. It's abnormal for a believer not to see the Holy Ghost as a gift. And I want to say this, permit me to use this phrase, use the Holy Ghost as a gift. And the primary way to do that is to speak. Speak by the Holy Ghost. First Corinthians 14 says, no man can understand him. For he speaks to God. In chapter 2, he said that God he speaks the wisdom of God. The hidden wisdom that God ordained before the foundation of the world. For your glory. Can somebody shout for my glory? Christ in me, the hope of glory. You can't manifest the hope of God's glory without the gift of the Holy Spirit. And you should carry him as a gift. Use him as a gift. Hallelujah. Somebody learning something. There are diversities of gifts, but it's the same spirit. There are differences of ministries, but it's the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. Tap a neighbor for me this morning. Do you know that God is working in you? Tap another neighbor say, do you know that you are a project of God? And look at what he's telling us here. God does his work in us. By his spirit. That's the one that can happen every day. Sir, Jesus is not going to hang on a tree every day. But the Holy Ghost works in you every day. Why are you shutting him down? Why are you ignorant of him? Why are you not yielded to him? Oh, hallelujah. It gets better. It gets better. Watch verse 7. Watch verse 7. But the manifestations of the Spirit, and what does it mean by manifestation of the Spirit? He's saying that when we start engaging the gift of the Spirit, it's on two levels. Level one, we engage Him. See, when I'm speaking in tongues, on a level, the Spirit is manifesting. If I don't do that, you won't know I carry the Holy Ghost. Now, when I do that, you can choose to believe it's the Holy Ghost or you can choose to believe it's something else. Somebody say, I believe. There's no point having a Holy Ghost that you can't believe in. If you believe, you will see the glory. 
There's no point having a redeemer. You can't believe him. Verse 7. The manifestation of the spirit is given to how many of us? How many of us? Only the pastors. Only the apostles. Only the evangelists. Only the prophet. Only the teacher. Why are you acting like that? You that is acting like that. Why is it that it's only the pastor you want to be praying? You. Don't move too much. The one I'm talking about. Why are you acting like you can't see that the manifestation of the spirit is given to each one? Why did God give it to each one? For the prophets. Ah! Pro is a gift. When each one begins to engage him, we will see prophets in the church like we have never seen before. But when only few engage him, we will see prophets in the lives of few. May that not be our story. Then he went further to teach. Sometimes he manifests in the place of utterance. Sometimes he manifests in the place of revelation. Sometimes he manifests in the place of power. We'll teach you that one in KTI. I won't go there this morning because of time. Hallelujah. Say with me, Father. In fact, lift your hand. Say, Father. I receive the gift of your service. I receive the gift of your spirit. Can you pray it again? I receive the gift of your service. I receive the gift of your spirit. Listen to me. Each one should find out where God will have you serve. In church, beyond church. And each one should find out how the Holy Ghost will move through you. Each one. Third gift and then I close. Before somebody's jollof rice gets too cold. <laughs> Is somebody getting blessed this morning? Hallelujah. The gifts of Easter. Third one, and this is actually the underlining gift. This is where it starts from. It's the gift of salvation. The gift of what? The word salvation. What is translated salvation in our English Bible is a very interesting word. The Greek word, and we don't speak Greek, but sometimes it's good to go to these things. It's the word soteria. It's a very amazing word. For some people that are ignorant of the gifts of Easter, they think, and for a long time in church history, a long time, because the eyes of their understanding was not enlightened. Because they did not allow the spirit of God to open their eyes. People in the church, the, particularly the saints in the church, they assumed ignorantly that the gift of salvation was just for saving us from our sins. And I wonder how many people still hold that assumption. 
today that if I come to church and I ask God to forgive me of my sins, that's all the blood of Jesus did. But that's not what salvation means in the Bible. It means, yes, he saved you from your sin, but he also saved you from everything that is connected to your sin. So not only did the gift of salvation save us from sin, it saved us from sickness. Hallelujah. Saved us from diseases. Saved us from poverty. Saved us from lack. Saved us from shame. Saved us from anything and everything we need to be saved from. Saved us from failing marriages. Saved us from wayward children. Saved us from a country that does not work because of bad government. Saved us. And when we know what the gift of our salvation entails, we can believe for it. If you believe, you will see the glory. It may look impossible like Lazarus coming back to life looked impossible. Mary and Martha were saying, yes, when you come in your second coming, maybe then Nigeria will be okay. I have news for somebody. There will be no Nigeria in the second coming. So if we are going to use the gift of salvation to save Nigeria, tap your neighbor and say it is now. Ephesians 2. Let's close this morning. Hallelujah. Please get on the keyboard for me. We dance on an empty grave. Let me play that tune. We dance on an empty grave. He has overcome. You have overcome. Where is our keyboard this We dance on an empty grave. Verse 4. Read with me again. Read with me. Ephesians 2 4. <laughs> Glory be to God. But God, who is rich in mercy, Can we boldly announce to the heavens this morning, God is rich in mercy. Somebody is not boldly announcing. Say, God is rich in mercy. Say, God is rich in mercy towards me. You know this is why you are forgiven of your sins. This is why you are forgiven. This is why you are forgiven. This is why you are not going to spend eternity in hell with the devil and the fallen angels. Because God has mercy. And he has that mercy in abundance. You see, if God had... <laughs> permit me, permit me. I just try to be as contemporary as possible. I read a report yesterday that the war in Ukraine, that the Ukrainian army, they are running out of weaponry. So they are rationing their ammunition. But God is rich in mercy. You see, if God wasn't rich in mercy, all the mercy he had, he would have saved us from just our sins. 
because he has to ration the ammunition. Ah, these people sin is plenty. I would love to save them from sickness, but my mercy can't go that far. I have to ration it. I would love to deliver them from poverty, but ah, my mercy can't go that far. But God is rich in mercy. After he has saved you from your sins, he will now save you from sickness and disease. Now save you from poverty and shame. Not you see, mercy is beautiful. It's not because you deserve it. It's not because you pay tight. We are talking mercy here. It's just I have mercy on you. You can't help yourself. All the tight in the world will never make things less tight for you now. But I will have mercy on you. I won't just save your sins. I will save your nation. I will save your children. The gift of salvation. His salvation. You see, it's when America comes to save you that you run out of bullets. You know, it's America that is supplying Ukraine. America and Europe. Oh, God, pass them. <laughs> Tap your neighbor and say, God, pass them. We don't have a problem with America helping them. Oh, in fact, we are praying, but it's not enough. You see, men will always come short. Men will always. So that's why you should put your faith in the gift of his salvation. Let's read, let's read, let's read. God is what? Can you shout it one more time? God is rich in mercy towards me. I can't hear you. Shout it louder. Shout it like you know that even if God does not save anybody else, God will save you. That's why we can dance on an empty grave. We can dance. All I need to remember that the tomb is empty. That, that's all. I don't need the money to enter my bank account yet. I just need to remember that the tomb is empty. He has overcome. Look at it. Look at it. If all he told us was that God is rich in mercy, that would have been beautiful. He said, but God who is rich in mercy because of the great love that he has loved me. Even me, sir, look at me. Even me. I, let me use Pastor Inda. I love Pastor Inda with great love. I will not only forgive our sins. If that's how far my love will go, is that I will only cleanse you your sin. I will see you sick and I will leave you. I love you with great love, but that sickness will kill you. That's human love. Limited love. Limited ammunition. But God's one is hallelujah. Somebody say limitless. Even when we were dead in trespasses. He made us alive together with Christ. Christ. 
by grace we have been what? And he raised us up together. So remember, grace, Christ is our hope. And God raised him up and made him to sit high. Can somebody shout high hopes? And he raised us up together with him. Dance on an empty grave. Verse 6, raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places. In Christ. Verse 7 is where we are going. Please watch it carefully. Watch it. That in the ages to come, and I have no doubt, at least in Apostle Paul's mind, when the Spirit of God was showing him that he wrote this about 2,000 years ago, I, I feel he was talking about us in the 21st century. <laughs> At least we are part of the people he's talking about. In the ages to come, or a better rendition is for ages to come. It is limitless mercy, limitless grace, limitless soteria. It started 2,000 years ago. And for ages, it's still saving men that believe to see the glory. It's still saving men. Watch it, watch it, verse 7. In the ages to come, he might show. He might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness towards us. In Christ Jesus. I submit to you, he's not just talking about saving us from our sin. It's not just talking about saving us from our sin. That's why when Jesus, look, when Jesus was on the earth, he would tell people, your sins are forgiven you. As a foretaste of what he was going to do on the cross. He will also heal the sick. And the Bible will tell us he healed them all. He will also feed the hungry. It's not a limitless, I mean, it's not a limited salvation. For by grace, verse 8, you have been saved. Let me hear somebody declare, by grace I've been saved. Through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is what? It is what? It is what? It's what we call the gift of salvation. Not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand. Hallelujah. I came to announce over you somebody this morning. Whatever it is you need salvation from, Jesus has saved you from it through his resurrection on the cross. Receive it today in the name of Jesus. Receive it now in the name of Jesus. How do I receive? Just believe it. Hello, church. Just believe it. I want to close with this. I said it at the beginning of the service. 
Hear me and hear me very well. You, that person, God told me this this morning, that person that is believing me through the pain, believing me through the sorrow, believing me through the disappointment, here is the word of the Lord for you. You shall see the glory of the Lord. I said you shall see the glory of the Lord. Can somebody announce out loud this morning, I shall see the glory of the Lord. Will you rise up on your feet this morning? Begin to thank him for the gift of salvation. The gift of his salvation. The gift of his spirit. The gift of his ministry or his service. Thank him. Thank him. Thank him. Thank him. Thank him that all these gifts are yours today. And make a conscious commitment to receive them. Thank him, thank him, thank him. Thank him. Softly on the instruments. Can you see salvation as a gift? <laughs> thank him for it. Can you see the Spirit of God as a gift? Thank him for it. Can you see stewardship, service, ministry as a gift? Thank God. Thank God for this gift this morning. Thank you, Father. For all these amazing provisions you have made for us through the cross. Give him thanks. Give him thanks, church. Give him thanks. Oh, Yakaso Topa. Nobody else may appreciate your thanks, but God will. Thank him. Thank him. And as you are thanking him, begin to dance where you are. Please help us with that song. We're going to sing it a few times. We dance on an empty grave. Just sing it where you are. Begin to dance where you are. Begin to dance. And I don't want you to stand. I'm not asking you to sing. I'm asking you to dance. Dance on the empty grave this morning. Dance because of what Jesus has done. Dance because of the gift of his service. The gift of his spirit. The gift of his salvation. Dance, dance and appreciate him. Nobody will do the dancing for you. Dance as an expression of your faith. Dance as an expression of your joy. Dance, 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 dance before the Lord. The preceding message was brought to you by Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. We are located at Kingsword Auditorium, Etel Avenue, behind NNPC Filling Station, First Bank Bus Stop, off Kudarat Abiola Way, Argun, Lagos. Email kmiafrica at kingsword.org. Telephone 234 810 0000640.